Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Today we're joined by Neil Frisky, a Republican candidate for the House 107th seat. So before we get into any of the political questions, I uh, want to learn a little bit about you. People, especially in the uh, Charlevoix area, are familiar with your last name. But for those who don't know you, can you give a little bit of background on yourself? And you know, I saw that you grew up on the farm. It's a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I grew up on our family's orchard. My parents uh, started the orchard in 1960, and um, I grew up there and spent uh, uh, probably two-thirds of my life there altogether. Um, I did leave uh, back in the 90s. I moved up here to Petoskey, actually, and uh, lived up here for about eight years and had three or four different businesses. And then I moved back down to Charlevoix in the early 2000s, and um, went back to work at the orchard. And then uh, during that period of time is when I started my current business, Frisky and Sons Property Management, which I've been doing now for about 12 years. And that's what I currently do for employment. Very nice. So just kind of want to transition like into like, you know, all the political questions that I have. The first thing that you probably hear out on the campaign that, um, and there's been a whole bunch of reports coming out, so I really wanted to get this question out first, is uh, roads, road conditions. So if you're elected, do you have any you know, plans on getting Michigan roads fixed, particularly you know, up in the 107th, because they often get neglected a lot of the time? Yeah, well, um, you're right. The, her roads are, uh, leave a lot to be desired. Um, but I think that uh, um, we need to take the current money that we have and manage it properly. We certainly uh, don't want to increase taxes to try to fix the roads because that's what our current administration promised to do. And uh, they they take the additional money, but for some reason, it doesn't seem like the roads get fixed. So obviously, we've got to there's got to be accountability to that, and we need to uh, we need to you know do what we're going to say we're going to do with the money when we collect it from people. Sure. So is there um holding MDOT more responsible, or is it all just from the financial side, do you believe, that just needs to be better managed? Well, I'm sure that there's probably a both. Um, you know, I'm not uh, on the pulse of what MDOT's doing exactly, but I'm sure that, you know, with every uh, government, whether it's, you know, federal government, or state government agency, there's plenty of room to uh, tighten up the straps and operate more efficiently. Um, I happened to be down in Lansing uh, back in February when they were working on the budget. I spent a day with uh, our current state, my, my current state rep, uh, Ken Borton, and um, uh, he actually sits on the transportation committee. And so I was at one of those hearings where the MDOT was there, you know, presenting their budget requests for the for the upcoming, well, next year, the 2023 budget, and. Um, you know, and, and it's never do you hear them saying how, okay, we're going to, you know, we've got this amount of money over here. We're going to manage that better and do a better job with it. Their answer is always, oh, we need another 6% here. We need another 5% here. We need another 3% here. And at the end of the day, that turns into billions of dollars. And um, you and I are the ones that are paying for that. So um, absolutely, I'm sure they need to be, you know, they need to buck, tighten up their belt straps a little bit. Um, and uh, manage things better. So you said you're not in favor of taxes, which is a pretty common, you know, more taxes, which is a pretty common talking point among Republicans. Is there any other 
potential source of revenue for increasing road dollars that you would be a proponent of because uh, there's a report that the state of Michigan spends g- uh, average roughly $200 less per person than the surrounding states like uh, Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin, whose roads are a little bit better conditioned than the state. So do you think that there are any other avenues of revenue generation that the state could pursue other than increasing taxes? Well, I, I think it boils down to uh, properly managing and using the money that's being collected for road taxes. Um, unfortunately, I don't know the exact breakdown to, to throw numbers out at you, but I do know that the current gas tax that's collected is not going 100% to roads. Um, you know, some of it's spent here, some of it's spent there, and that's the problem. You know, let's use the gas tax for the roads and not put it into these other uh, funds. Uh, let them figure out how they need to fund themselves, not, you know, constantly wean off here and there. Um, and so I truly believe that, I mean, if you just look at the history of our budget over the last 10 years, you know, um, it's doubled and there's plenty of money there. It just has to be managed better. So this next question is a two-folded one. What is the uh, most important issue facing Northern Michiganders, and what issue do you feel most qualified and equipped to lead on? Well, um, I think uh, you know, one, of the, one of the biggest issues in today's uh, news is still, when I go to public meetings where people have an opportunity to ask questions, Um, 99% of the time, the very first question I'm asked is about the uh, election integrity issue. Um, The the fact that the 2020 election um, was compromised, there were definitely uh, problems with that. And that still is, I know people want to move on. They want to say, oh, we we can't keep looking back. We've got to look ahead. But I don't care whether we're talking about our elections or we're talking about a business situation or our personal lives. If we don't look at where we've been, and what currently is going on, how can we ever improve? And so we can't just ignore it. We have to address it. Um, there's been plenty of evidence that there were uh, problems with the, with the last election. And if we just ignore that, how are people supposed to be confident that when they go to the polls on August 2nd that their votes can be properly counted? So that is still by far uh, the most asked question that I get when, when I'm out in the public. Um, and then uh, as far as, um, you know, something that I think I would be very qualified for, I've been a small business owner my whole life. And so I, you know, I uh, have a real clear understanding of having to operate under big government, government overreach, overtaxation. And so, you know, I would be an advocate for small business, for reducing the tax burden, reducing the regulation. Uh, that's uh, put on businesses uh, because, of, you know, ultimately, if we don't improve our business climate, we're not going to attract uh, businesses to the state, which it's a snowballing effect. Without businesses, without jobs, why would people come here? And so um, I think those are some of the things that I would be uh, best qualified for to uh, represent the people of the 107th. So you mentioned election fraud in the first portion of that question. And so that was something I was going to bring up later. We can get into that now because it's a good transition. So regarding election fraud, do you seek to get more audits um, on the 2020 election? You mentioned you aren't really in favor of moving on. Does that mean you want to go back and investigate more or are you more of 
let's move on from in the investigation, but move forward with securing elections in the future. Yeah, so I, I would support a, a full forensic audit of the 2020 election, not from the standpoint of trying to overturn the election and remove Biden and put Trump back in for the remaining term, not that at all, um, just to, to thoroughly investigate the process, um, to find the problems where they were so they can be addressed. If we, don't, if we don't do a forensic audit and find out exactly where the problems are, then how can we exactly fix them? Um, and so uh, th that, that's what I mean by that. You know, if we, don't, if we don't really take a look at exactly what happened, how can we fix it? We, we can't guess, we can't say, well, it appears that maybe there's a problem here, maybe there's a problem with the absentee ballots. I do believe that the absentee ballot thing is probably where a lot of the uh, problems happened. Um, just that whole thing was such a debacle. But, uh, um, yeah, so from the, from the uh, audit standpoint, it, it, like I said, not to overturn the election and, you know, and cause a big uproar that way, but just to thoroughly dig in, take a look at these voting machines, you know, get them cell phone modems out of there so that they can't be um, influenced, you know, from the outside. I've talked to plenty of, of you know, county officials, clerks, et cetera, and, 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 and uh, county leaders that um, say that absolutely, those cell phone modems in there. I was talking to uh, Rob Henschel down in Grand Traverse County just yesterday, actually, and they are removing all the cell phone modems down there in Grand Traverse County. So it is something that can be done. I know some clerks say, oh, we, we can't do that, we can't do that, but obviously they're doing it. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but uh, that's the kind of stuff we need to look at. Another hot button topic that gets brought up often, especially will be gearing up this summer as the Supreme Court is hearing a case regarding it. your stance on abortion. I saw on your website that it says you will work tirelessly to stop the out of control number of abortions. Does your stance also include uh, being in favor of an outright ban, such as the potential overturning of Roe and upholding Michigan's um, current abortion ban? Um, yes, I am uh, unequivocally, unequivocally pro-life. Um, uh, I am against any type of abortion. I would even, you know, uh, quite often the disclaimers put in there, you know, the only exception would be to protect the life of the mother. But um, I'm actually was in the middle of filling out my right to life questionnaire um, this morning. And they ask, you know, questions about that. And um, it was a yes or no answer. And I chose not to give a yes or no answer. My answer to that was, I would want to, again, I'm not a doctor, but I would want to absolutely make sure that, you know, it would seem like in today's world of medicine, there would be a way to save the mother's life and save the, the, the baby's life. And so, you know, I, I would be, you know, I'm, I'm against uh, abortion for any reason. And um, there's just so many options and opportunities out there that I think that, uh, you know, the, the unborn uh, need to have someone to stand up for them, and I would be an advocate for that. Probably referring to the foster care system, which has uh, a handful of problems on its own. Do you think that's something that needs to be looked into in getting fixed, or are you happy with where it currently stands? No, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any form of, of government or any agency or anything out there that is perfect and doesn't need to be looked at. I think that, you know, the foster care program is obviously 
you know, a very integral part of, of, you know, not performing abortions. And so absolutely that needs to be, you know, needs to be looked at and, and get that buttoned up to where it, it works well, it's efficient, um, and it does what it was designed to do. And is not just another agency to funnel money in and, and waste money. All right, we'll be right back with more questions for Neil Frisky, a Republican candidate for the House 107th District. Dan Bongino. True social? This is a quote. But that platform has been something of a disaster. Trump himself seems to realize this and has only posted on it once. So the platform's been a disaster. The number one app in the App Store today is True Social, followed by number two, Twitter. And True Social hasn't even fully launched yet. There's an Android app is not yet out, becoming in the future. A web app will be coming soon, too. It's number one, True Social. The Dan Bongino Show, weekdays at noon on Triple Talk WMKT. On a new episode of Tales of Northern Michigan's Past. Many years ago, there were bombs still being found in the water around the lighthouse, along with what was thought to be chemical residue. Wilderness State Park and the state of Michigan felt it was necessary to investigate what was left to make sure that it wasn't unsafe. The official findings were never released to the public. Explore the intricate and remarkable history of the Little Traverse Bay region on the new Tales of Northern Michigan's Past on this station's website or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the WMKT Special Edition Interviews. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. We are with Neil Frisky, a Republican candidate for the Michigan House 107th District. So there are a few issues that tie into this question, so feel free, you know, if, it, if it's something that you want to talk about, feel free to divert on those topics, such as affordable housing and access to child care. But Northern Michigan has trouble retaining young professionals. Um, any thoughts on how to make Northern Michigan a more accessible and desirable place to work and raise a family aside from its, you know, natural beauty and relatively low crime. Cause you mentioned earlier that, you know, your experience in small businesses and in favor of lowering taxes. So if, you know, that could potentially play into getting more young talent to, you know, stay in Northern Michigan. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, all these things do go hand in hand. I have four adult sons and, um, they all left Northern Michigan uh, one of them did last year move back to the Traverse City area, so that's exciting for me as a dad. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the bottom line is, you know, um, and one of them now lives in Texas, one's living in Tennessee, uh, one of them is still in the Chicago area, that's where they all were at one time. But, you know, they left for better opportunities. And um, I think that uh, it all starts with, with creating a, the right business climate to attract businesses. Um, I know that with the with the remote working uh, thing now, with the whole you know that obviously has gained a ton of popularity ever since you know 2020 with the with the COVID situation, and so that has you know helped a little so to speak. There's a lot of people that have moved up again into northern Michigan even that are working remotely, but um, that is uh, and that's great, and I think that probably. Uh, you know, everybody's figured out that that can work, and I don't know that that's ever going to go backwards again, and I don't think it needs to necessarily, but if we don't increase the business climate and and get businesses back into our state, ultimately there's no way, I mean, we can't, these jobs can't get created out of thin air. And so uh, I think it really boils down to, you know, uh, 
increasing the business climate, getting rid of you know some of the corporate tax structures, and just you know, getting businesses back into our state. I mean, our state was once a booming economy, and so clearly it can happen. And uh, we've, we've got to get that reversed um, because otherwise we are stuck in the rut of just having this tremendous influx of summer traffic where you know, people are coming to their second and third homes. And that's what my current business, that's, you know, that's how I survive with my current business. Those are the people I'm working for currently. And so, I mean, it's great. We need that. And it's a vital part of our economy. But long term, we've got to keep we've got to keep our young people here. I think uh, there is does seem to be a nice uh, push right now, uh, encouraging people to get back into the trades, which will certainly help you know local economies. Um, and it's a much needed thing if you look at you know whether it's a plumber or an electrician or an HVAC person or, or you know welders, fabricators. Um, they're a dying breed. You know all the people. I think of the people I use currently in my business, and they're all people my age and older. And there's very few young people, so we really do need to encourage kids to, uh, you know, to, to consider the trades um, instead of, you know, uh, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, don't go to college, because obviously some of these trade schools are, are a form of higher education, too. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, so many, uh, you know, young men and women, they go to college, they accrue fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of debt. And uh, then they struggle to find a job to 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 live on and and support that debt load on top sure. of it. So um, I think it you know it it, it seems like it, it. I try to oversimplify it, but really it does boil back down to we've got to increase the business climate, and uh, or we can't retain people. Right, because you were kind of like. You were right there to the question where I was. I wanted to go to. Is there like a specific industry that you would like to? Um, see grow in northern Michigan. You, you mentioned, you know, we are very uh, based on our summer hospitality, getting, you know, people to come up, you know, vacation, um, and which is great, and it's probably going to be that way for the foreseeable future. But is there a specific industry that you're like, this might be, you know, really beneficial uh, for northern Michigan to pursue? Um, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of marijuana shops popping up all over the place. That may be something that you're interested in, or is there other things that you'd be looking towards to uh, trying to attract? Well, I don't really know that I have any specific business that I would say, you know, I think Northern Michigan is is best suited for this. Um, I do know that, you know, uh, when you look at the efficiency of running a business, uh, we are, you know, we're up in northern Michigan. We're up in the northern part of the United States. And so it does remove us, uh, you know, from the mainstream of the supply chain. It's more costly for businesses. But, you know, obviously there's businesses that are doing it. You look at the, uh, uh, I can't, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but that big business that's being built in Boynton City right now, like the D DeFaco or whatever it's called, you know, they're investing, you know, making a huge investment and um, so, you know, I think, you know, I think some manufacturing jobs, um, we, we do have some, you know, great local businesses that are, are doing really well. And, um, and, you know, I don't really know that, um, you know, we have anything, you know, uh, obviously I grew up on a farm. And so, you know, we do have, you know, this region is, is good for farming. And so it would be nice to, you know, see the farming industry, uh, 
do a little recovering. I know that, you know, even, even in our world of, of growing fruit, um, you know, that's getting harder and harder. It's harder and harder to compete with, uh, with other countries and, and foreign markets are, are tough. And so, um, you know, I don't really know that there's one particular thing that, oh yeah, this would be perfect for Northern Michigan because of this. Uh, we do have, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, obviously we've got the Great Lakes. And so anything that, you know, can be, uh, where that can be used as a positive resource would be great. But um, in general, I think, you know, just, you know, getting the business climate uh, turned around so that all types of business uh, would feel, um, you know, and it might, you know, it might be a little tougher in northern Michigan, but, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of supporting businesses. When the, when the uh, auto industry was booming in Detroit, you know, there were a lot of businesses around here that were supporting that, you know, making electrical components, making different components that they would ship down there. And so it is a trickling effect. Sure. So something that sticked out, no, stuck out to me was your desire to abolish the state income tax. Could you speak about that for a little bit? Well, I just think that, uh, you know, it's interesting because um, our Constitution actually uh, limits us to a 3.9% state income tax, and we're currently operating at 4.5 or 4.25. And um, so we're not even operating in where we're supposed to be uh, based on our constitution. So um, I would be in favor of, of eliminating the state income taxes. Obviously, you look across the U.S., I mean, I have a son that lives in Texas, no state income tax. One of my sons lives in Tennessee, no state income tax. Florida has no state income tax. There are other states. So certainly it can be done. It's not like, you know, this is a crazy idea that, you know, oh, oh, how are we ever going to do this? Um, again, there's plenty of money in our budget. If you look at the the amount of revenue that uh, eliminating the state income tax would, where the shortfall would be, probably talking at maybe a percent or something across the board of the budget. And, you know, in my business, I'm forced to constantly cut and trim and get rid of the fat. And so, um, you know, it shouldn't be that hard for the, the government to do that same thing. Sure. So do you feel about the Republican Party that it's divided um, or is it united or and if it is divided, is there a good way to you have to unite the party? Um, unfortunately, I do believe that it is divided. Um, you know, it has been for a long time. And, um, uh, you know, that's that's something that, uh, um, you know, stuff like that is what motivates me, you know, to, to be involved. You know, my life is pretty comfortable right now. I don't need this. This is not a career move for me. This is a, a, a true act of service of wanting to give back for, you know, to, to my community and to my state, which has been good to me over the years. And um, and so the party, the party is uh, it's divided and we need to um, we, we've got to get that. You know, the grassroots people are their voice is being heard. Um, I'm sure in your line of work, you keep a pulse on the political scene. So, um, you know, look at what happened down at state convention last weekend. You know, the grassroots people are, are standing up. They are speaking out. out. Um, we are getting tired of, of being run over all the time by the establishment people. And, um, and so, uh, you know, the other side always wants to say, oh, we got to be united. We got to be united. Well, okay. Um, we 
patriot conservatives, constitutionalists are now speaking out. And so let's see how excited you are about being united now. Uh, but no, there, there, is, there is definitely division. And um, to be really effective, I don't care whether it's politics or, or any part of your life personally or in a business, um, division is a backwards thing. So uh, there, is, there is division. Um, we, do have to, uh, we do have to unite. We do have to work together or ultimately, um, you know, there's never going to be a good end result. Do you think the parties split along faction lines like, you know, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, or do you think it's those are just kind of monikers and it's actually really not about a specific individual? Well, I, I do think that there is uh, definitely, um, I think that is definitely a factor. There's no doubt about that. Because, it, you know, if I just think about the people that I know and in, in my world of influence, um, it does seem to be the, the pro-Trumpers versus the anti-Trumpers uh, is kind of the, one of the big dividing lines. Um, and so uh, um, that's not the whole thing, but I think that's a big part of it. I, I don't think it, that can be ignored. Sure. Do you think that's something that the Republican Party is going to need to move past to unify? Or do you think that it's just going to be battled out on, behind the scenes? Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't think, you know, we've got a tremendous uh, conservative movement going right now. You know, I think there's going to be a tremendous uh, red wave in November. And uh, so nothing is going to get pushed aside. Uh, we've kind of, that, that's why we got to where we are today, is everybody was living their good life. Life was comfortable. Things were good. The economy was great. People were making money. And you just kind of forget about everything else. You just think, okay, this is all it's, it's going to be. But uh, our eyes have been opened, and um, I don't think we're going to slide back into that very easily. So uh, really nothing can be ignored. It all has to be dealt with. And, um, you know, uh, you know, love him or hate him, uh, Trump's policies did more for uh, our nation than any, any president maybe ever. And, um, and so that's one thing I always challenge people that are, you know, anti-Trumpers is, you know, tell me one thing, one of his policies that hurt us as a country. And typically they have no answer for that. So, yep, you know, he was a little rough around the edges. Maybe, you know, people didn't like his tweets and, you know, didn't like some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I'm not looking for somebody to make me feel good. I'm looking for somebody that cares about my country and, um, and that's their first priority and their actions prove that. And I think that's something that he did do. And that's the type of, of uh, politician that I would be as well. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to Lansing to make people feel good. I'm going there to get our state turned around to, uh, uh, you know, I have, like I mentioned a couple times already, I have four sons. I have three grandchildren, two more on the way this year. And I want them to grow up with the same opportunities that I had and if we let our current administration continue, um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm concerned that that's going to uh, be out there for them. So, Sure. The, um, the further, I guess, further on that line of questioning, we, we're seeing across the country Republicans are having the ones that are getting elected or campaigning that are ahead in the polls. The ones that are having the most success are no longer what's been kind of dubbed the Chamber of Commerce Republicans. Uh, they're signing laws against critical race theory, gender theory, taking firm stances on issues around abortion and transgenderism. Is that a path that you seek to take as well? Yes, absolutely. 
All right, so energy. Whitmer and the energy companies have recently announced that they will be getting rid of coal in the next few decades, ramping up their renewable energy use. Is that something you support? Do you want to stay on coal, or is there kind of a compromise of sort that you're like, get off of coal but use more nuclear? Where do you stand on Michigan's uh, energy dependence? Well, I think that, um, you know, with with anything, um, a person should certainly keep all their options open. To say we should get rid of coal 100%, Mm, I don't know about that. Um, you know, certainly uh, I am not. Uh, I am certainly not against alternative forms of energy that make sense. Um, you know, and who knows? You know, maybe there's there will be some new type of energy developed in the next 20 to 50 years or something that nobody even knows about today. And, and hopefully that is the case because, um, you know, the, the whole green energy thing is just such a dicey topic. Um you know, if you look at uh, if you look at the whole push towards, you know, wanting to be uh, with all these electric vehicles, it's going to put such a burden on our power grid, and it's going to the other side of that is you know our electric rates are just going to they're going to go up three, four, five hundred percent, and sometimes people lose sight of that. They think, oh, okay, this is better for the economy. It's better for this. It's better for that. But there's always a trade-off somewhere. So I would, I would certainly, uh, um, I'm not saying, you know, that we should do more with coal, but I wouldn't, I would be careful about cutting anything out until we have a viable replacement. Um, you know, we can't just say, nope, we're not going to do this. Nope, we're not going to do that. Nope, we're not going to do that. And then, okay, well, then now what, what are we going to do? Well, we'll figure that out. No, we don't do that. I don't do that in my business. I don't, I don't make changes that I don't have a, a plan for going forward and so I don't think in the in the energy thing um, you know that's something that that should be done that way either um, and I know for us locally obviously the line five you know topic is um, you know is is near and dear to all of us it's that tunnel project is so vital to our economy um, and and not just our economy but just our everyday existence I mean if if that thing you know got put on hold or didn't happen, it would be devastating. It, not just to the people in the Upper Peninsula, them them probably maybe more so than us, but that, that tunnel project, I mean, that's a two-way street. You know, there's there's things going both directions there. So, um, you know, and, and even in the tunnel is, you know, it's just such a great viable option because by doing that, it, it you know, it creates an avenue to get broadband, you know, put up into the UP and stuff like that there's just everything about it just makes so much sense and you know if people would just educate themselves um, and look at the design concept of it it's a totally safe uh, concept and um, uh, you know it's, it's a vital part to managing the energy in our state so Michigan high schoolers rank in the bottom half of the states in SAT scores how would you be able to help down in the state legislator encouraging better education, particularly in our uh, district? Well, I think that uh, um, our education system needs uh, viable competition in it. Um, unfortunately, right now, um, our public system is, is flawed. It's, you, know, you, just made the, you just made the comment. It's failing, it's failing our students. Um, 
and that's not their fault. Uh, so I think that, you know, creating competition there, um, you know, uh, promoting homeschooling, promoting, you know, private schooling, charter schools, uh, you know, doing something with the, with the dollars in a way that uh, um, affords people the option of, of choosing alternative forms of education for their kids um, and to a point to where they can afford it because there's a lot of people that would certainly be interested in that. They just, they just flat out can't afford it. And, um, you know, they're paying all their taxes going to the public school system. And, you know, I am not anti-public school at all, um, but increasing that, uh, that favorable climate for alternative forms would just force them to do a better job. Um, you know, everything, you know, being, being the fact that I've owned businesses my whole life, I, it's easy for me to relate a lot of things to running a business. And, uh, you know, my dad used to always uh, talk to us about competition. He's like, you know, if you're worried about competition, you're just not doing your job well. And if you're doing your job well, then you shouldn't worry about competition. Competition for anything is healthy and it makes it just makes a better opportunity for everybody across the board. And um, and so I think that, you know, promoting alternative forms of education would just help. Uh, clean our public school system up and because if 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 they don't then they would you know they would become sure. the minor secondary or so are you in favor of like school choice or the um even the idea of like vouchers to go to public like private schools and homeschooling yep definitely in favor of school choice uh absolutely um the the voucher thing is that's not a, a black and white cut and dry thing because the last thing that we want to do is is create a, a situation where it's quote unquote government money that the government then has influence on because um, then you know all of a sudden our alternative choices you know be it private schools Christian schools charter schools they would end up being regulated just like the public schools are and we wouldn't have accomplished anything so. Um, you know, I don't have a, a black and white uh, plan for exactly how to structure it. But, uh, you know, vouchers is, is just the common term that everybody wants to use. And, uh, yes, you know, if, if the money structure is right, you know, vouchers would, would be an answer to that. But it has to be done in a way that the, the government can't get their fingers in there and then say, okay, now that was our money and this is what you got to do now because then it would just be, you know, defeat the purpose of, of promoting the uh, alternative forms. Sure. To wrap up you know, every interview, as I always mention, I give the uh, person I'm talking to the last chance to either, you know, give a little campaign pitch or address an issue that they want the public to know about. So is there something that you'd like to, uh, you know, address the public about? Well, I just, uh, you know, again, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm honored to have this opportunity to, you know, run for this, uh, house office and um, I'm extremely encouraged by all the positive support and, and encouragement that I'm getting across the district and um, I again you know this is strictly an act of service for me it's not something that I'm, I'm doing for, as a career move and uh, I just want to give back to the to the community give back to the district ultimately give back to the state and um, you know there's 
there's plenty of other things that we haven't didn't talk about. If people want to go to my website, uh, neilfrisky.com, they can you know read the rest of my platform. There's opportunities there for them to reach out to me and interact, however they choose to do that. Um, and um, I'm just you know again I'm I'm, I'm thankful for the uh, privilege and the opportunity to to serve, and looking forward to doing that. Sure. So you're on Facebook and yep. other social media. Yep. Or? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I've got pages out there everywhere. Perfect. Neil, thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you. My pleasure.